This is day 38 of our daily Bible reading. Today we will read Numbers chapters 32 through 35 and Psalm 38. Lord God, have mercy on us. We cry out to you, Lord, in our misery. We cry out, Lord, in our weakness. We recognize, Lord, that we control nothing. You are the only one that is sovereign over all creation. We are not. And every time we come to that realization, it is so humbling. Help us to always maintain a posture of humility in your sight, a posture of obedience and willingness to do anything that you ask us to do or you have already told us to do. Lord, as we enter into your word, help us to draw parallels between the people of Israel and us. And what you have expected from them, you expect from us as well. Help us to see the deeper truths that are in here. Please bless the reading of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad had an exceedingly large number of livestock. So when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, that it was indeed a place suitable for livestock, the sons of Gad and the sons of Reuben came and spoke to Moses and to Eleazar the priest and to the leaders of the congregation, saying, Ataroth, Debon, Jazer, Nimrah, Heshbon, Eleela, Sabam, Nebo, and beyond, the land which the Lord conquered before the congregation of Israel, is a land for livestock, and your servants have livestock. They said, If we have found favor in your sight, let this land be given to your servants as a possession. Do not take us across the Jordan. But Moses said to the sons of Gad and to the sons of Reuben, Shall your brothers go to war while you yourselves sit here? Now why are you discouraging the sons of Israel from crossing over into the land which the Lord has given them? This is what your fathers did when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. For when they went up to the valley of Eshcol and saw the land, they discouraged the sons of Israel so that they did not go into the land which the Lord had given them. So the Lord's anger burned in that day, and he swore, saying, None of the men who came up from Egypt, from twenty years old and upward, shall see the land which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. For they did not follow me fully, except Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, and Joshua the son of Nun for they have followed the Lord fully. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel, and he made them wander in the wilderness forty years, until the entire generation of those who had done evil in the sight of the Lord was destroyed. Now behold, you have risen up in your father's place, a brood of sinful men, to add still more to the burning anger of the Lord against Israel. For if you turn away from following him, he will once more abandon them in the wilderness, and you will destroy all these people. Then they came near to him and said, We will build here sheepfolds for our livestock and cities for our little ones. But we ourselves will be armed, ready to go before the sons of Israel, until we have brought them to their place while our little ones live in the fortified cities because of the inhabitants of the land. 
We will not return to our homes until every one of the sons of Israel has possessed his inheritance. For we will not have an inheritance with them on the other side of the Jordan and beyond, because our inheritance has fallen to us on this side of the Jordan toward the east. So Moses said to them, If you will do this, if you will arm yourselves before the Lord for the war, and all of you armed men cross over the Jordan before the Lord until he has driven his enemies out from before him, and the land is subdued before the Lord, then afterward you shall return and be free of obligation toward the Lord and toward Israel, and this land shall be yours for a possession before the Lord. But if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Build yourselves cities for your little ones, and sheepfolds for your sheep, and do what you have promised. The sons of Gad and the sons of Reuben spoke to Moses, saying, Your servants will do just as my Lord commands. Our little ones, our wives, our livestock, and all our cattle shall remain there in the cities of Gilead, while your servants, everyone who is armed for war, will cross over in the presence of the Lord to battle, just as my Lord says. So Moses gave command concerning them to Eleazar the priest, and to Joshua the son of Nun, and to the heads of the fathers' households of the tribes of the sons of Israel. Moses said to them, If the sons of Gad and the sons of Reuben, everyone who is armed for battle, will cross with you over the Jordan in the presence of the Lord, and the land is subdued before you, then you shall give them the land of Gilead for a possession. But if they will not cross over with you armed, they shall have possession among you in the land of Canaan. The sons of Gad and the sons of Reuben answered, saying, As the Lord has said to your servants, so we shall do. We ourselves will cross over armed in the presence of the Lord into the land of Canaan, and the possession of our inheritance shall remain with us across the Jordan. So Moses gave to them, to the sons of Gad and to the sons of Reuben, and to the half-tribe of Joseph's son Manasseh, the kingdom of Sion, king of the Amorites, and the kingdom of Og, the king of Bashan, the land with its cities with their territories, the cities of the surrounding land. The sons of Gad built Debon and Ataroth and Eror, and Atroth Shophan and Jazer and Jogbeha, and Beth Nimrah and Beth Haran as fortified cities, and sheepfolds for sheep. The sons of Reuben built Heshbon and Elielah and Kiriathiam and Nebo and Baal-Meon, their names being changed, and Sibma, and they gave other names to the cities which they built. The sons of Machir, the son of Manasseh, went to Gilead and took it, and dispossessed the Amorites who were in it. So Moses gave Gilead to Machir, the son of Manasseh, and he lived in it. Jair, the son of Manasseh, went and took its towns, and called them Havoth-Jair. Nobah went and took Kenath and its villages, and called it Nobah after his own name. 
These are the journeys of the sons of Israel, by which they came out from the land of Egypt by their armies, under the leadership of Moses and Aaron. Moses recorded their starting places according to their journeys by the command of the Lord. And these are their journeys according to their starting places. They journeyed from Ramses in the first month, on the fifteenth day of the first month. On the next day, after the Passover, the sons of Israel started out boldly in the sight of all the Egyptians, while the Egyptians were burying all their firstborn, whom the Lord had struck down among them. The Lord had also executed judgments on their gods. Then the sons of Israel journeyed from Ramses and camped in Succoth. They journeyed from Succoth and camped in Etham, which is on the edge of the wilderness. They journeyed from Etham and turned back to Pi-Hatharoth, which faces Baal-Zephon, and they camped before Migdal. They journeyed from before Hahiroth and passed through the midst of the sea into the wilderness. And they went three days' journey in the wilderness of Etham and camped at Mara. They journeyed from Mara and came to Elim. And in Elim there were twelve springs of water and seventy palm trees, and they camped there. They journeyed from Elim and camped by the Red Sea. They journeyed from the Red Sea and camped in the wilderness of Sin. They journeyed from the wilderness of Sin and camped at Dovka. They journeyed from Dovka and camped at Elush. They journeyed from Elush and camped at Rephidim. Now it was there that the people had no water to drink. They journeyed from Rephidim and camped in the wilderness of Sinai. They journeyed from the wilderness of Sinai and camped at Kibroth Hatta'avah. They journeyed from Kibroth Hatta'avah and camped at Hazaroth. They journeyed from Hazaroth and camped at Rithma. They journeyed from Rithma and camped at Ramon Perez. They journeyed from Ramon Perez and camped at Libna. They journeyed from Libna and camped at Risa. They journeyed from Risa and camped at Kehelatha. They journeyed from Kehelatha and camped at Mount Shafur. They journeyed from Mount Shafur and camped at Harada. They journeyed from Harada and camped at Makiloth. They journeyed from Makiloth and camped at Tahath. They journeyed from Tahath and camped at Terah. They journeyed from Terah and camped at Mithka. They journeyed from Mithka and camped at Hashmanah. They journeyed from Hashmanah and camped at Moseroth. They journeyed from Moseroth and camped at Bene Jaikin. They journeyed from Bene Jaikin and camped at Hor Hagadgad. They journeyed from Hor Hagadgad and camped at Jotpatha. They journeyed from Jotpatha and camped at Abrana. They journeyed from Abrana and camped at Ezion Geber. They journeyed from Ezion Geber and camped in the wilderness of Zin, that is, Kadesh. They journeyed from Kadesh and camped at Mount Hor, at the edge of the land of Edom. Then Aaron the priest went up to Mount Hor at the command of the Lord, and died there in the fortieth year after the sons of Israel had come from the land of Egypt, on the first day in the fifth month. 
Aaron was 123 years old when he died on Mount Hor. Now the Canaanite, the king of Arad, who lived in the Negev, in the land of Canaan, heard of the coming of the sons of Israel. Then they journeyed from Mount Hor and camped at Zalmanah. They journeyed from Zalmanah and camped at Punan. They journeyed from Punan and camped at Oboth. They journeyed from Oboth and camped at Ea-Abarim, at the border of Moab. They journeyed from Ayim and camped at Debon-Gad. They journeyed from Debon-Gad and camped at Almon-Diblathiam. They journeyed from Almon-Diblathiam and camped in the mountains of Abarim before Nebo. They journeyed from the mountains of Abarim and camped in the plains of Moab by the Jordan opposite Jericho. They camped by the Jordan from Beth-Jeshemoth as far as Abel-Shetim in the plains of Moab. Then the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan opposite Jericho, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, When you cross over the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you, and destroy all their figured stones, and destroy all their molten images, and demolish all their high places. And you shall take possession of the land and live in it, for I have given the land to you to possess it. You shall inherit the land by lot, according to your families. To the larger you shall give more inheritance, and to the smaller you shall give less inheritance. Wherever the lot falls to anyone, that shall be his. You shall inherit according to the tribes of your fathers. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come about that those whom you let remain of them will become as pricks in your eyes and as thorns in your sides, and they will trouble you in the land in which you live. And as I plan to do to them, so I will do to you. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the sons of Israel, and say to them, When you enter the land of Canaan, this is the land that shall fall to you as an inheritance, even the land of Canaan, according to its borders. Your southern sector shall extend from the wilderness of Zin along the side of Edom, and your southern border shall extend from the end of the Salt Sea eastward. Then your border shall turn direction from the south to the ascent of Akrabim and continue to Zin, and its termination shall be to the south of Kadesh Barnea, and it shall reach Hazaradar and continue to Asman. The border shall turn direction from Asman to the brook of Egypt, and its termination shall be at the sea. As for the western border, you shall have the Great Sea, that is, its coastline. This shall be your west border. And this shall be your north border. You shall draw your border line from the Great Sea to Mount Hor. You shall draw a line from Mount Hor to the Labo Hamath, and the termination of the border shall be at Zadad, and the border shall proceed to Ziphron, and its termination shall be at Hazar Enan. This shall be your north border. For your eastern border, you shall also draw a line from Hazar Enan to Shafam, 
and the border shall go down from Shepham to Riblah in the east side of Ain, and the border shall go down and reach to the slope on the east side of the sea of Chinnereth. And the border shall go down to the Jordan, and its termination shall be at the Salt Sea. This shall be your land, according to its borders all around. So Moses commanded the sons of Israel, saying, This is the land that you are to apportion by lot among you as a possession, which the Lord has commanded to give to the nine and a half tribes. For the tribe of the sons of Reuben have received theirs according to their father's households, and the tribes of the sons of Gad according to their father's households, and the half-tribe of Manasseh have received their possession. The two and a half tribes have received their possession across the Jordan, opposite Jericho, eastward toward the sun rising. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, These are the names of the men who shall apportion the land to you for inheritance. Eleazar the priest, and Joshua the son of Nun. You shall take one leader of every tribe to apportion the land for inheritance. These are the names of the men. Of the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. Of the tribe of the sons of Simeon, Samuel, the son of Amihud. Of the tribe of Benjamin, Eladad, the son of Chislon. Of the tribe of the sons of Dan, a leader, Uki, the son of Jogli. Of the sons of Joseph, of the tribes of the sons of Manasseh, a leader, Haniel, the son of Ephod. Of the tribe of the sons of Ephraim, a leader, Kemuel, the son of Shiftan. Of the tribe of the sons of Zebulun, a leader, Elisaphon, the son of Parnach. Of the tribes of the sons of Issachar, a leader, Paltiel, the son of Azan. Of the tribe of the sons of Asher, a leader, Ahihud, the son of Shelemi. Of the tribes of the sons of Naphtali, a leader, Pedahel, the son of Amihud. These are those whom the Lord commanded to apportion the inheritance to the sons of Israel in the land of Canaan. Now the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan opposite Jericho, saying, Command the sons of Israel that they give to the Levites from the inheritance of their possession cities to live in, and you shall give to the Levites pasture lands around the cities. The cities shall be theirs to live in, and their pasture lands shall be for their cattle and for their herds and for all their beasts. The pasture lands of the cities which you shall give to the Levites shall extend from the wall of the city outward a thousand cubits around. You shall also measure outside the city on the east side two thousand cubits, and on the south side two thousand cubits, and on the west side two thousand cubits, and on the north side two thousand cubits, with the city in the center. This shall become theirs as pasture lands for the cities. The cities which you shall give to the Levites shall be the six cities of refuge, which you shall give for the manslayer to flee to. And in addition to them, you shall give forty-two cities. All the cities which you shall give to the Levites shall be forty-eight cities, together with their pasture lands, 
As for the cities which you shall give from the possessions of the sons of Israel, you shall take more from the larger and shall take less from the smaller. Each shall give some of his cities to the Levites in proportion to his possession which he inherits. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, When you cross the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall select for yourselves cities to be your cities of refuge, that the manslayer who has killed any person unintentionally may flee there. The cities shall be to you as a refuge from the avenger, so that the manslayer will not die until he stands before the congregation for trial. The cities which you are to give shall be your six cities of refuge. You shall give three cities across the Jordan and three cities in the land of Canaan. They are to be cities of refuge. These six cities shall be for refuge for the sons of Israel, and for the alien, and for a sojourner among them, that anyone who kills a man unintentionally may flee there. But if he struck him down with an iron object, so that he died, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. If he struck him down with a stone in the hand, by which he will die, and as a result he died, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. Or if he struck him with a wooden object in the hand, by which he might die, and as a result he died, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. The blood avenger himself shall put the murderer to death. He shall put him to death when he meets him. If he pushed him of hatred or threw something at him, lying in wait, and as a result he died, or if he struck him down with his hand in enmity, and as a result he died, the one who struck him shall surely be put to death. He is a murderer. The blood avenger shall put the murderer to death when he meets him. But if he pushed him suddenly without enmity, and threw something at him without lying in wait, or with any deadly object of stone, and without seeing it, dropped on him so that he died, while he was not his enemy nor seeking his injury, then the congregation shall judge between the slayer and the blood avenger according to these ordinances. The congregation shall deliver the manslayer from the hand of the blood avenger, and the congregation shall restore him to his city of refuge to which he fled. And he shall live in it until the death of the high priest who was anointed with the holy oil. But if the manslayer at any time goes beyond the border of his city of refuge to which he may flee, and the blood avenger finds him outside the border of his city of refuge, and the blood avenger kills the manslayer, he will not be guilty of blood because he should have remained in his city of refuge until the death of the high priest. But after the death of the high priest, the manslayer shall return to the land of his possession. These things shall be for a statutory ordinance to you throughout your generations in all your dwellings. If anyone kills a person, the murderer shall be put to death at the evidence of witnesses. But no person shall be put to death on the testimony of one witness. 
Moreover, you shall not take ransom for the life of a murderer who is guilty of death, but he shall surely be put to death. You shall not take ransom for him who has fled to his city of refuge, that he may return to live in the land before the death of the priest. So you shall not pollute the land in which you are, for blood pollutes the land, and no expiation can be made for the land for the blood that is shed on it, except by the blood of him who shed it. You shall not defile the land in which you live, in the midst of which I dwell. For I, the Lord, am dwelling in the midst of the sons of Israel. Psalm 38, a psalm of David, for a memorial. O Lord, rebuke me not in your wrath, and chasten me not in your burning anger. For your arrows have sunk deep into me, and your hand has pressed down on me. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities are gone over my head. As a heavy burden, they weigh too much for me. My wounds grow foul and fester because of my folly. I am bent over and greatly bowed down. I go mourning all day long, for my loins are filled with burning, and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am benumbed and badly crushed. I groan because of the agitation of my heart. Lord, all my desire is before you, and my sighing is not hidden from you. My heart throbs, my strength fails me, and the light of my eyes, even that, has gone from me. My loved ones and my friends stand aloof from my plague, and my kinsmen stand afar off. Those who seek my life lay snares for me, and those who seek to injure me have threatened destruction, and they devise treachery all day long. But I, like a deaf man, do not hear, and I am like a mute man who does not open his mouth. Yes, I am like a man who does not hear, and in whose mouth are no arguments. For I hope in you, O Lord. You will answer, O Lord my God. For I said, May they not rejoice over me, who, when my foot slips, would magnify themselves against me. For I am ready to fall, and my sorrow is continually before me. For I confess my iniquity. I am full of anxiety because of my sin. But my enemies are vigorous and strong, and many are those who hate me wrongfully. And those who repay evil for good, they oppose me, because I follow what is good. Do not forsake me, O Lord. O my God, do not be far from me. Make haste to help me, O God, my salvation. Okay, there's really not much to talk about in Numbers. I want to spend most of our time focusing on the psalm today, so let's go through what we read. In chapter 32, we see that there's a couple of tribes, Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh, that decided that they don't want land in the Promised Land. They wanted to have the land of Gilead, which they saw was lush and was great for raising animals. So they appealed to Moses and said, why don't you go ahead and give us this, and we'll take it, 
and you can give the promised land to the rest of the tribes. Moses did not originally like this idea because he was afraid that they were going to cause trouble in the midst of Israel. He reminded them of what happened 40 years prior. When they reached the edge of the promised land, they went and spied out the land, and they came back with a bad report that we were grasshoppers before their enemies, there was no way we were going to conquer that land, everything was hopeless. And so Moses was concerned that this was going to cause dissension and cause doubts in the nation of Israel. So at first he scolded them for this idea. Why don't you want to get what God has promised you? Why are you trying to deviate from God's design? But these two and a half tribes, they make a promise that we will take this land if you give it to us, but we will still march over across the Jordan and fight with y'all. And we will not rest and return home until you all get your land. So Moses thought about it, and it seemed agreeable to him. And so he made it official with them in front of all the elders. And so they swore verbally, which was a legally binding contract back then. And so they committed that if they were allowed to settle this land, they would still march with Israel and conquer the promised land as originally designed. We will shortly see that they will hold good to their promise. They will fulfill everything they said. They're not going to back out of it, and I'm glad they didn't. Chapter 33 is insightful in a couple of ways because it gives you step-by-step every single place they went. So once you figure out the names of these places and where they are geographically, it's very easy to connect the dots. And so that's why usually at the back of Bibles, you have maps. And the maps are pretty dang accurate because of things like this. God instructed Moses to document everywhere they went. And so it helps really to draw out the order in which things happened. So this is very insightful from a historical standpoint. Then we come to chapter 34, and here God is drawing the borders of the land of Israel. They are outlined for us here, and then God chooses leaders from each tribe who are going to be governors over the distribution of the land. That's what we see at the end of the chapter. In chapter 35, we are introduced into the idea of refuge cities. Since the Levites didn't have a land apportioned to them, God has instructed each of the tribes to give some of their land to the Levites. In addition to that, they also have certain things called cities of refuge. So in the event you accidentally killed someone, you can flee to this city of refuge and you're considered to be safe there. If you ever wander outside that city, it's fair game. But this only applies to people who unintentionally kill someone accidental homicide. But God makes it very clear through the rest of the chapter that if anyone is killed for any other reason because of the intent of their heart, regardless of what weapon they used and regardless of where they were at the time, God is addressing the evil that is in man's heart. And if anyone purposely kills someone for any reason, they are a murderer and they deserve to die. There is no sugarcoating this. And I like how God says that you can't have a ransom for someone. 
to where you can put a price on someone's head, and if they pay that price, then their life is preserved. Likely they'll kill again. And so murderers are killed in the land of Israel. And that would really help things if that happened today. But very much like it was here, there has to be judgment that is passed on someone. And it cannot just be with one witness. And it seems that there is a committee of people who look over this case and pronounce judgment. And if that person's guilty, then they are killed themselves. God doesn't mess around. Murder is a terrible thing. And he says at the very end of the chapter that this will pollute your land. We do not want people killing each other in the land of Israel. So as promised, I kept it brief in numbers. And now we'll go into Psalm 38. And man, oh man, I don't know about you, but this one deeply resonated with me today. It's almost as if everything that I was saying from the psalm was what my heart was crying out. Because in a lot of ways, I feel what David is going through. I have not mastered the sin in my life, especially the ones that are reoccurring, the ones that I easily fall trapped to. And so often this reminds me of the times where I have not repented, or the times that I have not sought forgiveness, and I've chosen to hang on to my guilt and to my stubbornness. And again, that's why I love David, because he's so relatable. His conditions are the same as all of us at one point or another. He is giving us a window into the soul of mankind. And the beautiful thing about it is, despite the issues he describes, he has the right answer for how to correct this problem. He's talking about confession. He's talking about changing his mind. He's talking about recognizing the power of God, desiring God relationally, as well as recognizing his lordship. And it hurts to think about the sin that we put on ourselves. It does waste us away. It does cause us to be miserable. It does cause us to be separated from God. But this should be a call to sobriety for us all. Does this make us recognize the sin that is in our own hearts? Does it cause us to take action and repent? Feeling sorry, feeling guilt, is not repentance. Let me be clear about that. Throughout Scripture, it describes repentance as an action. It is the actual act of doing something that changes your behavior. That is repentance. Anybody can feel sorry, but there's a difference between feeling sorry and doing something about it. And that is where we often get stuck, right? So my prayer for us today is that we can read this psalm and recognize ourselves in the writing of this psalm and seek God's forgiveness and repent. All of God's people need to repent. And so often we think we're above that, but we're not. We need it just as much as everybody else. So don't forget that as we go into today. For today's Bible verse to memorize, I want to do something a little different. This one should strike us right between the eyes when we read it. We will be memorizing Numbers chapter 32, verse 23. But if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord 
and be sure your sin will find you out. Your sin will come back to you. Now, this is not the Bible teaching that karma is a real thing. Karma is not real. But God is a God of vengeance. He does not tolerate injustice. He does not love sin. Therefore, you are compiling judgment against yourself when you sin, Christian or not. So always remember that when you choose to sin, God is watching. He is not ignorant to the fact that you are disobeying him and betraying him. Your sin will find you out. And sometimes it is a physical, material consequence. So let's have a healthy dose of fear of the Lord and for doing what is right, so that our sin will not be found out, because there's nothing to find out. With that, that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.